Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be together as your people. Uh, We thank you that we can have the scriptures open together. And we pray that you would be with us as we look at them. Father, we will be uh, tempted not to listen to your words. So we pray for your help, that you would help us to, to concentrate on what the Bible says, that you'd help us to take it to heart, that the word we received this morning would find good soil in our hearts, that we would take it deep within us, that we might be changed by what we consider. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Your house, your home is in great danger, is the the message of various bits of uh, mail I've been getting through the post recently. Um, Normally by people trying to sell me something, but if these things come through uh, the post, um, telling me that my house is at risk of burning down in a fire, or of being washed away in a flood, um, or of there being subsidence of the ground beneath the, the house suddenly sort of giving way, or, or of vandalism, or of burglary. Uh, all this is sort of forces arrayed against my poor little home. And uh, all of these bits of mail have one thing in common. They're all trying to sell me something. And the thing that they are promising is protection. They keep saying, your home is at risk, you need protection, and we can offer it. You need protection. Well, that is true for my house. Um, It does need some protection. Uh, It is true for many things in this world that we need to be protected But it's also true for our spiritual life. I don't know how conscious we are of that this morning, that as uh, Christian people we need protecting spiritually. Uh, Whether we are aware of it or not, whether we welcome it or not, as Christians we find ourselves in the middle of a spiritual struggle. Uh, Not struggle against flesh and blood, but struggle against, the Bible says, the spiritual forces of evil. Uh, The Bible is very clear that behind human wickedness stand the spiritual forces of evil, and behind them, the devil himself. And a key part of the devil's strategy is to tempt us, to try to entice us into sin, And it's the very first thing we see the devil doing in the Bible. That's why it's good to have that passage from Genesis 3 read to us. Uh, The first thing the devil does is to lead the people of God to disobey him. So we are going to face temptation as God's people. We need to understand it. And uh, what we're going to do this morning is to consider some of the lies we often believe about temptation. Okay, you should have a, a handout given to you in your Bible, that will give you an outline of, of what we're looking at this morning. Uh, even better, you can jot down notes on it, particular things that come up from the verses that we're going to be looking at. Okay? So, the first lie about temptation that we're often tempted to believe is it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It doesn't really matter very much. I'm not sure how much urgency we feel about this issue. Uh, when you found out today we're going to be studying that the whole issue of, of temptation, did, did any of us sort of think, that is one I have got to get there for? 
uh, I'll be thinking this morning, right now, I have really got to listen to this teaching. Uh, my, uh, if I can offer the observation of a friend to smack up in coming uh, on and off to smack for seven years, one observation I have is that very often people are distracted during the sermon. Uh, we're sort of thinking about what's going on back there, we're looking around us, we're looking at the, the trees outside. It is vital that we listen to God's word. So I'd love to see us really intently studying the scriptures this morning. Uh, where I come from, the whole issue of temptation has been made into a joke. Uh, when people talk about temptation, it's normally to do with eating too much cake, uh, having too many calories, and that kind of thing. Uh, we need to take it seriously, and one of the reasons we need to take it seriously is because in the Lord's Prayer, which we'll be praying later on, Jesus tells us to pray about our temptation. Jesus only gives us three things to pray for ourselves. And that must mean that each of those things is very important. If you only pray three things for yourselves, you must pray about your temptation. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is not a list of, of recommendations. Uh, it is Jesus telling us how to pray and what should concern us when we pray. Therefore, we need to pray for God's help when we experience temptation. It is vital. So, have a look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and uh, verse 12. Uh, Paul is writing to his friends in Corinth and he says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Uh, it's a warning. Uh, I recently had my brother and his, his family come to visit me back home. And I've got a little four-year-old nephew who is a, a ball of energy and great fun to be with. And so I took him down to the local park. There's a, a kid's play area. I thought he'd enjoy it. And on the way down into the park, there's a very steep path. And so I instinctively leant down to grab his hand, to hold his hand, as we made our way down. And he was insistent that he didn't need my help. He was absolutely fine. He didn't want me to hold his hand. Of course he could walk down there on, on, by himself unaided. And the inevitable happened. He fell over, fell flat on his face, and uh, was crying his eyes out for the next few moments. Uh, but we so often think that we are stronger than we are. Uh, we don't realise how weak we are spiritually. And so we don't really imagine that this is a big problem for us. We're not one of those people who's going to fall away into some spectacular sin. We're not people who are going to stop being Christians one day. And so we don't really pray about it. We don't pray for our spiritual protection. Or else we think, well, there are, there are quite a few areas of my life I've got under control, it's fine. It might be an area where we've battled in the past, but we think, you know, we're fine now, we're done with that. But Paul says there is no room for arrogance or complacency. Let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. So if we're here this morning thinking, well, I'm kind of fine, actually, I'm all right. I don't really need to worry about this. Paul says, be very, very careful. That is exactly the kind of person who can fall. 
Now turn with me please to, to James 1. We're going to come back to 1 Corinthians 10, so put a piece of your anatomy in 1 Corinthians 10 and we'll uh, come back there in a moment. But turn to James chapter 1, and that is page something, where is it? 1215, thank you Tim. So turn to page 1215, uh, and uh, let me read a couple of verses. Uh, we'll look at verse, verses 13 and 14. Uh, James says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Now notice what James says at the beginning of verse 13. He says, When tempted... Don't say, God is tempting me. James assumes we're going to be tempted. He doesn't say, if, in the very unlikely situation you get tempted. He doesn't say, if you're one of those very weak Christians who happens to get tempted. Now, James says, when. When you're tempted, it's normal. It's to be expected. James just assumes uh, we will be tempted as Christians. It's a normal part of the Christian life. We do need to be aware of it. And it may well be for some of us this morning that we are very conscious of particular temptation that we're facing. Well, let me remind you that temptation itself is not sin. Uh, what we do with it might well be sin, but the temptation itself is not sin. Uh, some of us might be experiencing Temptation in a way we never have done before. We might be disturbed by what we're tempted by. Well, don't be surprised. James says when you're tempted. We will be tempted as Christians. So it is a big deal. It really matters. It's going to be a normal part of our Christian life to face temptation. And we need to be careful because if we think we're fine we could so easily fall. Well, the second lie is this. It's God's fault. If I'm being tempted, it's God's fault. So, again, in James 1, verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. That's a very easy reflex, isn't it, to blame other people for our temptation. In that reading we had from Genesis 3, Adam blamed his temptation on others. Adam fell into sin, God challenged him on it, and Adam played the blame game. He said, well, the woman you put here, she gave me some. So it's her fault because she gave me the fruit, and it's your fault because you put her here, God. It certainly isn't my fault. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. Sorry about that. But it's very easily our response to temptation. We can say, well, it's God's fault. He made me like this. He gave me these weaknesses. It's God's fault. He's put me in this situation where I'm so tempted. God's the one who's making me face these circumstances. And so it's very easy for us to say, well, if I'm tempted, it's God's fault. So I'll just sin and blame it on him. But look again at verse 13. James says, 
Don't say I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Sin and evil is never attractive to God. He is utterly pure. He's not trying to trip us up. God is not to blame for our struggles and our battles with sin. We are. Again, verse 14, James says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Each of us, James says, when we're tempted, it's because of the evil desire that is tugging away at us. And James says that evil desire is our own. It comes from within us. We can't blame the things that are around us. We can't say, well, it's my parents' fault. Or it's my genes. Or it's my friends. Or it's my situation. If you're particularly tempted to sin in certain situations, don't blame the situation. It's our own desires that tempt us. Now, in my third year at high school, I sat a chemistry exam. It was the last chemistry exam I ever took. Uh, I got 11% in it. And I think most of that 11% was just for for spelling my name right at the top of the, the piece of paper. Now, I failed spectacularly in that exam. Now, I can't blame the teacher for setting the, for my failure. I can't say, well, it's the teacher's fault, the teacher set me the exam. It was my fault because I had done no work at all. And the exam showed up the fact that I had done no work. Our circumstances may be the occasion for our sin, but they are not the cause of it. We are. So it is our own evil desire that is the cause of our temptation. The desire to sin that that wells up comes from ourselves. The enemy is not just within our hearts, the enemy is our heart. Our hearts so often desire what is contrary to God's will. So we can't say it's God's fault. If we're tempted to sin, it's because our hearts are so easily attracted to do what is wrong. Okay, so don't say it's God's fault. Thirdly, don't say it's unique. Uh, Come back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, page 1153. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I think when we experience uh, temptation, it's, it's very easy for us to think, well, my temptation is unique. My, my situation is, is so different to everybody else's. And it's very easy for us to sort of think to one another, well, you don't know what it's like being in my shoes. You're not the one who has to deal with my family or my job. You don't have to deal with my boss or my pressures. You don't have to deal with with my kids or my partner. No one else knows what it's like to face the strains that I face. I'm unique. My situation is different. And so we say to ourselves, well, the rules don't apply to me. 
My case is different. I get special exemption. My temptation is never before seen temptation. It's brand new temptation. No one else has ever had to experience this. That my situation is so unique. One day people are going to make documentaries about my temptation. Now I've heard that kind of thinking so many times. Uh, for many years I was involved in student ministry and um, I remember a number of times Christian students would fall into sexual sin and they would always say something like that. They'd say, well, my situation's very different to anybody else's. It's unique. They might even say, she's unique. How could you resist that? Jesus tells us to pray, lead us not into temptation. And as we pray that, we are acknowledging that we are weak. We wouldn't have to pray it if we weren't. We are vulnerable. We could so easily slip up and dishonour our God. So have a look at verse 13 in 1 Corinthians 10. Paul says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And so your situation is not really unique. You don't have special exemption. You don't have an excuse that no one else has. None of our situations really is unique. The temptation each of us experiences is a variation of the temptation everybody else experiences. Well, in that case, we do need to be praying about it. We do need to be praying to God, lead us not into temptation. And the great thing is, by telling us to pray that, Jesus is showing us where to go for help. We are to go to our Father in heaven. And the great encouragement is we can talk to God about this. Friends, if you knew some of the things that I was tempted to do, some of the things that I was tempted by, I am fairly sure you wouldn't sit there and listen to me. If I knew some of the things that you were tempted by, I'm fairly sure I wouldn't stand here and talk to you. Okay, each of us is tempted by things that are are quite shameful and abhorrent. Things that we would find very hard to admit to someone else. But the great thing is we can talk to our Father about this in heaven. It's okay to tell God what we're tempted by. We can talk to him about our weaknesses. He knows we have them. And it's wonderful that not only can we talk to him about it, but he he loves to hear our prayers. And he loves to help us. He is the one who can deliver us from evil. And so we come to the fourth lie about temptation and that's to think that it's inescapable Uh, it's very easy when we're tempted to think well there's no way, there's just no way that I can resist this I I just can't be expected to deal with this Uh, it's just unavoidable I'm going to have to sin but again have a look at uh, verse 13 No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. 
And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You see, God is not to blame for our temptation, but he is in control of it. God is sovereign. You see, the devil is active in trying to tempt us, to lure us into sin. But the devil doesn't have free reign over us. His power is limited. He can't do whatever he wants. And we're told that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. And friends, it is so important that you hear that. Because it often feels as though we are entirely under the sway of the devil and his temptations. It feels as though there's been some great big mistake and and God has put us in a situation we could never ever cope with. Now very um, occasionally, very, very occasionally, I go to a gym in uh, Maidenhead. And uh, because I've been very irregular, I decided one day that I'd I'd book in to have one of those one-to-one sessions with one of the the trainers there. And so I booked booked up the session, went along, uh, met with the trainer, and the idea was he was going to meet with me and sort out a training program for me that I could then follow on my own. Well, I went in, I met the guy, and without any conversation whatsoever, he just put me straight to work. He got me on machines, he got me doing stuff. He didn't ask me any questions about my health. He didn't ask me about my fitness levels. He didn't ask me what I normally do when I come into a gym. Just look for the jacuzzi, by the way. Uh, He just put me straight on the treadmill and cranked it up to high speed. Uh, We went straight from that on to heavy weights. And after, I think it was about ten minutes, I had to ask him to stop. I thought I was going to throw up. So I said to him, listen, I've got to stop, I've got to get outside, I need some fresh air, I need to go and sit down and get some fresh air. So I sat out there on the front step, breathing heavily, trying not to be sick. Um, He was trying to give me a program for someone who was far stronger than me. I actually went and complained to the manager because it was quite dangerous what he was doing. If I'd had any kind of heart condition or it could have been quite serious. What he was getting me to do was way beyond what I could do. And it can feel like that when we're being tempted, can't it? We can find ourselves thinking, God, this is way beyond my level. There must have been some mistake. You've given me someone else's temptation program. I can't handle this one. This is too much. I'm going to throw up in a minute. I need to stop. Well, no, God is sovereign and God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape. So in the heart of battle, uh, when we are particularly feeling that strain and that struggle, we can so easily think that God is not for us. God must have, I must really have upset God for him to put me in this situation. He must have it in for me. And how easily we give in to sin when we think that way. We think, well, God's not on my side, so frankly, 
stuff it. I'll go with the temptation. Now we must remember that God is faithful. He means what he says. And he will do what he has promised. He will not forsake us. His plan in any kind of hardship is for us to grow. For us to be refined. God's plan is to make us more like Jesus. And so God in his faithfulness, we're told, will also provide the way of escape. Always. In any, te- in any situation of temptation, there is always the opportunity not to sin. And so we see together God's sovereignty, God being in control, and our responsibility. God provides the way of escape. We need to take it. God doesn't just beam us up out of the situation. He gives us the opportunity to persevere through it. To stand up under it. Which frankly is not what we want. We would much rather God remove the struggle, wouldn't we? That he would take away all the temptation. But actually God longs to make us stronger in that temptation. And so he does provide the way out. There is always an alternative to sin. Now, sadly, we often do give in to temptation. Sometimes it's been a furious battle and there's just one moment of weakness. Sometimes there's barely a battle at all. But the Bible is saying here that every single time we do sin, we didn't have to. We never have to. God always provides an alternative. It is never inescapable. Sin should never be inevitable. We can't say, well, you know, I've been backed into a corner, I've got no alternative, I've got no choice. No, God says that we will never face a temptation that we have to give in to. The escape from that temptation may feel unsatisfying it may be boring the way of escape it may be unfashionable to the the people that we are friends with it might actually be humiliating to have to take the means of escape from sin but the escape is always there God is sovereign, he's in control And he's faithful. He's not trying to trip us up. He's trying to strengthen us, to teach us, to grow us, and to protect us. So friends, we need protection. Spiritually, we are vulnerable. There are forces out there that are are out to get us. And we will experience temptation. But we need to remember the lies. Uh, we say it's not a big deal. It is. We need to pray about it. We're vulnerable to it. It's going to happen. 
We might say it's not my fault. But it is. Temptation comes because of what's in our hearts. We might say it's unique. My situation is like no one else's. But again, the Bible says the temptation we face is temptation common to man. We might think it's inescapable, but God says no. He will never test us beyond what we can endure. And he will always provide the means of escape. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you for your Son Jesus Christ, by whom we have life, by whom we have forgiveness. We thank you that we enjoy the presence of your Spirit in our hearts. And Father, as we think about this whole issue of temptation, we are conscious of how weak we are and of how easily tempted we are. And so we pray that you would help us not to fall for these lies. Help us to take temptation seriously, to realise what's at stake, to realise that we could so easily fall. Help us to realise, Father, that temptation is because of of what's in our heart. Uh, Pray that we wouldn't pin the blame on others. Help us to realise, Father, that temptation is not so specific to us that we're excused when we sin. And our Father, please help us to remember that you are faithful. We thank you that you provide the means of escape. We thank you that you are sovereign, even in situations where we are tempted. And we thank you that we can talk to you about our weaknesses. So please help us to be those who pray Lead us not into temptation. Father, help us to confess our weaknesses to you and to look to you for help. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.